So I'm now joined by Naomi Williams, who plays for St. Helens Women, sent our second row, sponsored by Spania Chemicals. How did you first get into rugby league? Um, I was actually in high school and the academy from Saints men at the time, they came into the school and they were like, oh, does that, is anybody interested in rugby? And I'd obviously watched it for years and I was like, oh, me? And the teachers were a bit like, oh, we don't have like girls, like, we don't do that type of team. Uh, and then a group of us were like, right, we, we kind of need a team. Um, so we actually trained on the school backfield uh, with one of the girls' dads coaching us. Um, and it, it started from there, really. And I think that team only lasted about a year, um, something like that. And then I ended up having to travel to Witness and Lee every week to get any sort of a game or team. Oh, amazing. Was, was that back in the day when people meet up and get teams together from what was left over at clubs? It was a field that wasn't a straight field. It was on a football pitch, so there was just cones out everywhere because you didn't have anything because the girls weren't allowed any of it. Um, and I think it started off, there was about nine of us. Um, I think by the end of it, I think there was about 16, so we didn't even have enough for a full team proper. Um, it was like, go on, have fun. <laughs> oh, nightmare. But, uh, you must have enjoyed it enough to stick around as long as you have. Oh, I absolutely loved it. There was this girl that you could tell she'd played before and the first thing that happened we were just playing a game of tip and pass and she picked me up and dropped me on my back and I was like oh welcome to rugby and I just stuck with it ever since then just kind of got the bug and went with it so about a year there what what teams did you move to after that or was it just a case of being a bit normal more than a bit for a bit no so from it was St. Helens Scorpions the very first team I ever played for and then I went to Witness, and it was called Halton. Um, but they only had an open-age team, so I was still training with the open-age lot. And their coach drove me to Lee Miners every week to play in the under-16s tournaments until I was old enough. Um, so we did that. Then I was playing at Halton. Then went to Crossfields, because Halton folded. Um, then when Crossfields folded, then went to Thatto Heath. And then obviously then at Saints. So I've kind of been around, really. Yeah, chase the game. <laughs> chase wherever there is a pitch. It's crazy to think of how many players to be at the top level have done stuff like that. Yeah, when I first started playing, after St. Helens Scorpions, there wasn't a single other women's team in St. Helens. Um, it was only later on that Thatterweed gained a team. That's crazy. So you drove 20 minutes down the motorway or you couldn't play. And you look at this now, you look at the way the league structure is. You've got so many teams in the Merit League now. But have, have either recently set up or they've gone away and come back or there's, there's such a demand to play women's rugby now? Yeah, um, someone messaged me on social media the other day and was like, do you know of any women's teams? And I was like, oh, here's 12. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, there was like, well, here's one that's 30 minutes that way. Here's one that's 45 minutes that way. And it was a struggle to get to them. Whereas now, because it's so in demand, there's just so many and there's... It's not just like under 16s, open age. You've got your likes of like there's under 14s, your 16s, your 18s, like the men's, which is great that there's so many wanting to play it. That's it. I, I've seen it now, year on year, even, even through lockdowns and COVID, it's grown and grown and grown. And there's more people, and there's more people at the top end. There's also more players at the bottom end. You're getting. Teams are getting proper feeder systems set up. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I remember the first year that 
it was at Saints. We had an under nineteen team, um, and, and like there was a full league for it, and it ended up not really taking off, um, just because of lack of players. And then this year, why we're training on like one pitch, they're on another, and there's probably more girls there than there is in our open league. There's just absolutely loads of them just wanting to play. It's fantastic though. You got all these young kids who, in a few years' time, will be. They'll be the big names. They'll be the nationals. Oh, definitely! Like they'll they'll walk around. And they'll be the next big thing, like the next Emily. Rose. Like obviously, with that dream of playing for a country, captain in a country, they'll be the next ones to do it. Yeah, it's it, it's fantastic because I've seen it more and more. It's becoming, you know, like you're saying, like your girls' team followed you had to move here, you had to move there. They followed you, moved it. Eventually, there'll be that bigger numbers where that's going to become less and less and less, or teams join together to come near enough super clubs at youth ages, because it's easy to get a bigger group together in one area. Yeah, like back when I first started playing, I think if you had a league of seven teams, by the time it was the next season, five of them teams had folded and five more like different ones had come in because they just couldn't keep the girls to do it. They just didn't have the numbers to do it. Whereas now, I can't remember the last time I heard of a team folding, like a, a youth women's team. Yeah, now, now it's like... I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it unless something majorly disaster happened. I can't see it. every team's got numbers near enough. The only thing I can see is it growing and getting bigger and better to the point where they'll have to have like two teams in one. Yeah. For example, like I don't know, that we say and that we'd be of the women's type of thing because there's just too many players for them. That'll be it. And then when you go like that's that's happening. The league grows even more. Gets ultra competitive because everyone's spread out a bit. Yeah, it's just all a benefit for the women's game. Everything's spread out and the talent's everywhere. And the talent's coming through from a feeder system. It's just making everybody be better players. And look at that now, we've got a Super League South. They're all going to set up every youth teams pretty much all, all in there. You've got areas of the country, but in the men's game, I've never been able to do anything because I've never been any money for them. And I'm like, I cannot wait for a Challenge Cup drawing a team from down south that is going to be a perfect weekend you go on a Friday you play the Challenge Cup fixture the Sunday you come back the Monday that is a weekend away in my eyes <laughs> it's one of them as well you, you, you could turn around and go you've got big enough numbers to have some form of women's magic weekend yeah, or summer bath you, you've got enough teams to do two days of playing top level now that'd be awesome I hadn't even thought of that that's you need to write a letter. We I'll, need to get that. I was thinking about that in the video. I was like, can we, can we, we do something with this? Can we like get get like a massive festival on once a year? Yeah. I've got cogs working in my head now. I'm thinking I have it. No, I was, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, if we could get that and it could be covered, whether it's on social medias or, you know, like, just have a massive celebration. Literally, the cogs are already thinking in my head. I'm like, right, where can we do it? We can do it at Blackpool. Blackpool have done Everything's going in my head. To, to be fair, you, you're on the same track because if I were going to pick somewhere and go, right, we need somewhere that's desirable to go, somewhere that people can dip in and dip out, I'd probably go Blackpool. Exactly, it's just straight down the motorway. You can always go to the beach. There's plenty of local places to stay. We need to get this sorted. We need to get on it. So, you're going well this season. We'll get on to that in a minute. 
how would you find your time at Saints so far then? I have absolutely loved it. It's been the greatest experience and it's opened so many doors as well. Everybody's smiling, everyone's getting on with it and it's just, everybody knows the roles but it's also just a cracking laugh. It's just great. Like, I could not imagine playing with any other set of girls. It'd just feel wrong. I feel like I was cheating on them. I feel like I'm married to every single one of them. Do you know what I mean? It's just one of them things. Like, we're just like a little family. So, you're at States from the beginning, you transfer over with them. 2019 was a, a, a setting stone for you guys. You, your younger players are now in place now and you, you came up short in the semis, but you was there, you were entertaining playing entertaining rugby as well. This season, you seem to have found the next level with it. We have. In, I think it's come from hard work and I think it's looking come from looking at the mistakes of 2019. Um, obviously, twice in semi-finals, we just, I don't know whether it was mental toughness or what, but we just wasn't ready. Um, and I, to be fair, I think if we hadn't have lost those games, I don't think we'd be playing the standard. We are now, we've learned them mistakes. Um, we can only be what, call it reason, we can be able to get a learning week. So, I think we're going to be in the biggest season for women's rugby. We've missed a year out, we've lost it. Covid robbed 2020. If everyone you come back, people are hungry for it. Things have changed broadcasting-wise with Twitch and other things. The demand's there, there's more fans than ever. And you guys are the first team in the... I say it's a new era now because of this year. And so it has to be... You, you take a year out of any sport for anyone. It's not like just one team did. It was everyone. And you're the first one to take the ball by the horn at this point. You've got a Challenge yeah. Cup. You've got, a te- you've got the televised Challenge Cup match final. You... You yeah. win that on national television. When we came off the pitch, I had my mum ringing me. She was like, oh my God, I'm sorry on the BBC. And I was like, ah! It was just dead good. Oh, it was so good. And then like, I had like loads and loads of messages on like social media and like people I'd not spoke to for a while being like, oh my God, I've just seen you on the BBC. And I was like, yeah, that was me. You got Angles on BBC in the early hours of the morning, and that that was it right at the end of the fantastic season. It's grown and grown, and some of the people going, Actually, this sport's worth worth a watch, it's actually really, really good. This season, early on, you've got like you've still got the, the whole season to go highlight packages on Sky Weekly, you've got Twitch, you know, it's grown so much. And can you imagine where it'd have been if we'd have had a 2020? It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing to think where it could have gone to. Like, This could have obviously been 2020 and we could have been doing all this. So to sit and think that maybe they'd have been doing it where they were putting more games on instead of just like the main games and actually putting like full in-depth games on and stuff like that. It's just it's good to think of where it could go to. Because um, obviously, this, obviously this year is like a World Cup year as well. So obviously the, the media around it will get bigger and better the closer it gets to it as well. Um. So just to think of the media part of it and the social side of it, it has got loads bigger. I was walking down the street the other day and this little kid came running up to me and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know who are you. Um, and he was like, oh my God, will, will, you, will you 
like sign something for me and I was like yeah he was like will you take a picture will you take a picture I was like yeah of course I will um, so it's just it's baffling it's, it's mad, it is mad but it's lovely at the same time tell us about your time in England then it, so I've, I've been in it for three years I think I can't remember I think it's three or it might be four um, and it, it's been a really good experience like I've learned a lot about like my abilities as a player, the things I'm good at, the things I need to work on, and like the girls that you go when you're training with are all so so talented, um, but they're all like confidence builders as well. So you're around like the best players in the country who are also massive confidence builders. So if you're not so confident in one thing, they build you up in that confidence. So then you go back to your club, you've learned loads of new things, you're confident in it, and you're playing better at it. Um, and obviously the experiences that you then get with playing for England or if you get picked for the tours and stuff are amazing like I got to go to France I got to go to Australia I got to go to Papua New Guinea like like what like Papua New Guinea would never have been somewhere that I would have ever gone to in my entire life and I got to fly out there play two games like get picked for both games and so my highlight is going to a school in the middle of Garaka with 2,000 school kids all sat on the floor chanting England do you know what I mean? And then, like, at the first game in Garaka, there was 15,000 people all crammed inside this tiny, tiny stadium with people sighting trees, like, literally fighting each other to get in the trees to get a bit of you just cheering for England because they just didn't even bother... Was it, they wasn't even bothered who won. They were just cheering for rugby. It was just... Oh, it was absolutely mind-bogglingly incredible. That's, that's one of those days, you know, that old adjective, rugby league was a real winner. It was. That was one of the few times that, that actually was the case. Yeah, I think it's, the, it's the, one of the only times I've ever said it after a game as well, because I was like, rugby league was just the winner here. Like, I went to give my socks to a little kid, and he just got punched, and they were just fighting over a pair of socks because they just wanted this thing, and oh, it was just incredible. Like, the game at Port Moresby, where we played before Great Britain then, like, that, obviously, that was also like, a really good experience, but it just wasn't a rocker experience. Like, I'd never go back, ever, because um, it was also very, very uh, petrifying with the police escorts and everything. But that entire trip is something that I remember till the day I die. Like, I don't think many things will ever top it, that feeling. It was incredible. So, after you listen to this podcast, get on YouTube, search it, there's a documentary that goes along with it. And it's worth a watch. You know, like, get that watch. So you went to, you've been to France, Australia. How was Australia? So we went for the World Cup nights. Um, and that was, it was like really like, um, like it was the first time I'd ever played like massive stadiums and stuff like that. Because it was in the, um, like the exact same as the men's. And all, it was all played at one. So you, the stadium had like, 36 changing rooms in it, it was massive. It was the one that had just been built. Um, like Bankwest Stadium had just been built. And I was walking down and all these teams, like the men's teams, were just like walking at me and I was like, what's going on? Like I walked down and before my very eyes I saw the likes of like, oh I don't know, the trail Mitchell, like, you know, like those type of players, they were just walking around and stuff. Um it was just, oh, it was, it was just 
I can't even describe it because obviously it was the nines and it was all, it was a new experience as well. We've never played nines before. Um, and it was like 30 degrees in the heat. Um, so like the men had played and it was a women's game and the men played and it was a women's game type of thing. Um, and it was really good. It was eye-opening, very eye-opening. Um, but it was good. Two things come out of that. Not the greatest results for England in it, but you get the Kelsey Gentles ankle tap, highest, high, highest social media hits of any rugby league video, I believe, and then you get I, you get the absolutely fantastic press release photo of all the teams lined up in the colours, oh, men and yeah. women. That were fantastic. Yeah, and it was at like the Upper Bridge with City Ham Bridge in the background and. The promo pictures that they did for that were amazing. Like you had like the women's team picture, then the men's, then the women's and the men's, and then every player from every team just stood outside Sydney Arbor Bridge and Sydney Arbor House for this picture. I still got it saved. I got it printed. It was that good. Yeah, that that was one of the few things. But like, you take a snapshot of something, but it's going to explain what that is, and that shows you there and then. Yeah. It's the like, men's I, and women's lines. It's everything's in that picture. Yeah, like, like, oh, it's not like, I just like, like, yeah. oh, off. <laughs> well, you see, we said off you, you, you came to the England level, or playing for them at that level, later on in your career. Yeah, I think I very first got picked for it when I was 28, 27, 28, something like that, which is actually really late, really. Um, but I'm glad because before then I don't think I would have been very good at it anyway. Um, where obviously I've been good enough to get selected quite a few times, now, so that's been quite nice. Um, but obviously when you're there and you're reaching, <laughs> reaching the old over the home page and you've got like 21 year olds like doing laps around you with energy to burn after you've just done like two hours of conditioning and they're just running laps around you. Like... It just it just shows that if there's players out there listening now, but at a certain level, I think I'll never be picked up. The dockers will be up. It's not like, no, no clothes, but there's no clothes that you know. I always say, if you're good enough and you work hard, you'll get a bit Look at that, just just on the England thing, just off, off a bit of topic. In Leeds, there's a Leeds Rhino shop in the Marine Centre. The back of the shop's an England Elite store. <laughs> there's a massive poster of all the players there, so there's like big star name players. Emily Rudge is on that. There's a big... When Emily was sharing that a few weeks ago, it was me who sent her that, because I walked in and I looked and I was like, what the... I just I looked, s- looked up and there was Emily Rudge there, I was like... I saw, like, the media thing for it where, like, they shared the pictures and stuff and I just thought, amazing. That's well deserved, because obviously he was put in the same bracket then with the men and I just thought it was amazing. Well, he's been fantastic. That shop's been there and I've been in it twice and bought things just... I'm too impulsive. But you've now got people walking past who are going in and buying England kit. Yeah. They're going to buy Lee's Rhinos kit and they've come out with England kit. Yeah, which is incredible. And it's not only just that, it's like they're going in. Like, I always think, like, one of, just me being thinking, one of the most amazing and differential things is, obviously, 10 years ago, a little kid had walked past people playing, like, lads playing rugby or walked past a rugby shop and think that they couldn't do it. Whereas now they're going to walk past there, go in with the mums, the dads, the brothers or whatever and see Emily Rudge on that wall and think, yeah, I can do that now. Do you know what I mean? Because she's been put up there in the same light, is it? 
Which I just think is absolutely fantastic. That's it. You've got Emily Rudd, you've got the James the wheelchair player, you've got him on, on the wall as well. You go in there and go, actually, yeah, I I can get I can be that level. That that dream for me can happen. Yeah, like that dream is something that is that can become a reality. It doesn't always have to be a dream. And that's it. I, that, that's one thing I'll say that rugby league's got right, especially on the women's front, is the national game is before the club. In, in ev- every other sport which is big in the world, that's how it's set up. Yeah. So it's, it's just fantastic. I just think it's all going in the right direction for the women. It is. And it I, don't, is. I don't think any direction could be the wrong direction as long as it's going forward. No, you, you, you've now got like Wales have set up, Ireland are setting up, Scotland are setting up. It's, it's growing Super League, South's growing now, you get Irish... Super League, like Irish Premier League going, eventually hopefully Scotland get one going. And before you realise it, you've had probably had more growth in this especially in this, this hemisphere through the women's game than you have in say the last fifty in the men's. Yeah. There's been more growth in the women's game in this year alone than there has in the last twenty five years probably. Yeah, that, that's not even like that's not like a shock or Oh, we're saying this is con- it's true. Not even an exaggeration at all. No, and you, you, you go like, I think end of 2019, they released figures about, you know, rugby league growing and stuff like that. But it was early 2020. But then when yeah. you looked into the figures, the growth was entirely in the girls and women's sector. The yeah. boys and men have, sm- have gone smaller. Because we are here to take over the world. That's it. You, you're hit, hitting 50% of the... The, the population you're hitting the 50% of the world are going you can do this boy you can be very good at it and suddenly see it and go that's not what I was expecting that's the same if not better exactly because women can do anything <laughs> that's about it for this episode so thank you for coming on hopefully get you back on as the season goes on because I've thoroughly really enjoyed this is there anyone you want to give a shout out to before you go I've done that and I just think we can go all the way if we carry on Perfect, um, perfect. And obviously, thank you to my sponsor for sponsoring me, Spanky Perfect.